Hello and welcome to Weishi Radio. I am Nicola Chan, your host, and today's podcast I have with me in the hot seat, in the saddle, it's eBay from Cycle of Life. So I start off by asking eBay to tell me a little bit about his business and how he actually got passionate about cycling in the first place. So eBay, take us back, way back to the beginning, with as little or as much as you like of your story and how you got into creating this wonderful business you call Cycle of Life. When I was younger, first for me, my, my father was really into cycling. Not not many people were, but my father just happened to be somebody who was into cycling. So we used to take him on a lot of different trips and we used to go to different places. And um, sometimes my nephews, sometimes uh, like um, with, with uh, friends. Um, but as I got older, um, I kind of fell out of love with cycling, to be honest. I'm not sure what happened, but I just stopped cycling. And, um, you know, I got, got driving license, um, um, you know, just got busy with other things. Uh, but when I had my own children, um, I wanted them to have the same kind of memories I had when I was young. So I started taking them cycling. And um, unfortunately for me, um, you know, trying to get them to cycle to school and, you know, just uh, things like that, just normal everyday stuff. Um, they just didn't like it. And um, when I asked them, they goes, oh, you know what? When we go to school, the other kids kind of start skitting us and making jokes about us. And I realised that, Nobody else was doing it except me. And um, it really kind of puzzled me. Like, um, why don't people cycle? What, what's the big issue? I mean, you're saving money. It's good for health. Um, it's good for your, your well-being. Um, it's good for the environment. You know, there's lots of pluses, but why aren't people interested? So, you know, I started asking around, like, you know, other parents, other you know people in the community. Uh, you know, where I live, it's very diverse. It's lots of different people live here from different walks of life, different ethnic backgrounds. Um, different um, uh, socio-economic situations um, and you know one of the main things obviously was safety a lot of people didn't feel safe on, on the roads um, people weren't um, you know confident um, they, they worry about the bike getting robbed as well and uh, even for the kids they said look you know every few years they're going to like grow out of a bike and then um, you got to buy them a new one and bikes are expensive so you know there's, there's various reasons uh, and even in some communities, you know, I found out that it's actually frowned upon. It's looked down upon to cycle. Uh, maybe back home in their countries, the people who cycle are, are very kind of looked down upon people. So they've brought that kind of mentality to this country. So, um, you know, I started to delve a bit deeper. Um, I actually did a, a cycle instructor course and I worked in some local schools. And uh, what I found was that um, when we used to teach the kids how to cycle, um, I'd, I'd meet them like a little while later after the, the course only lasts like a week. It's all bikeability. Used to be the old cycling proficiency course. And um, sometimes the people I used to deliver it with, I found them um, they're very nice people. Like, you know, a lot of middle-aged kind of um, getting close to retirement, um, ex-army, ex-police officers, you know, like, you know, top fellas and everything. But they didn't really understand the kids we were working with. I remember one time there was one young Somalian girl and um, the uh, the instructor who was with me, he told her, you look, you'll have to take your headscarf off to put this helmet on. She was about 11 years old. And I could see on her face she wasn't comfortable with it. Um, but I didn't want to say anything to show him up, obviously, because he was more experienced than me. Uh, but afterwards, I pulled him to the side. He goes, um, I'm not sure that's, that, that, that was really kind of, um, there was any need for that. And he said, look, you know, if any, like, you know, we've got liability. Like, if he, she strangled herself, 
you know, um, uh, while she was riding would have been on my head. And, you know, I really felt that that was almost like telling her it's either cycling or your culture. And I don't think that was a fair thing to do to an 11 year old. So what I found was a lot of the kids when they, um, um, uh, you know, was, was uh, cycling after the course, because these people didn't live in the communities, they were delivering the services, didn't reflect the communities. They didn't see, you know, the impact of their work, which unfortunately, when I spoke to the kids, they'd say, well, my parents told me I'm not allowed to cycle on the road. So I've gone back on the pavements. So everything we taught them after about a week or two just totally gone down the terrain, which is quite, um, um, you know, demoralizing, you know, after, you know, uh, working with them in the schools. So I think it's really important that we have uh, in our communities, um, people who reflect the communities we work with and people who don't just um, parachute in and, and come back out of the community, but actually they're going to um, meet with the parents, encourage the parents to cycle. And um, also, you know, they'll cycle to school with their kids as well. So we can try to uh, create a kind of more active travel kind of environment in our area where it's not just about getting in your Audi 4 before driving 50 yards down the road and clogging up, up the school gates every morning. Uh, but actually thinking of other ways that we can travel to school, which are more friendly, which are more, uh, you know, um, relaxed, uh, less, you know, uh, stressful um, and uh, a lot of healthier as well. Um, so this is what led me to come up with this um, um, program, The Cycle of Life, you know, trying to find solutions uh, within our community to reducing barriers uh, that prevent people from cycling and basically enabling more people to cycle from, you know, all kinds of communities. So how have you managed to do that so far and how long has Cycle of Life been running? Well, um, what actually happened, strangely enough, um, I was part of a, a cohort uh, called the Active Citizens. It's based at the Kumpadamani Centre um, in Liverpool 8 in Toxteth. And um, uh, all of us, we didn't know each other before the course, but basically we just had a passion um, to, to try to do something to improve the community. So the um, organisation who set up the training with the British Council are called L8 A Better Place. So we basically came together and uh, over a number of days and weeks, uh, we had to come up with projects um, supported by LA to Better Place who gave us the training and gave us the advice and the, the mentoring to develop these projects from scratch and kind of work together as active citizens on how we could um, um, uh, build these projects. So they actually became a reality. So the, the Combo Mining actually became like an incubator for all these kind of um, seedlings of ideas to actually kind of germinate and grow. Um, and then, um, you know, um, um, obviously there's a lot of synergy between ourselves. So even though there's different projects, there's one uh, which is kind of a, a community garden project. Uh, there's a, um, a, a knitting project, which is also tied up with um, ESOL, um, where English is a second language. Uh, there's a community cafe. Uh, there's a... Um, uh, w one person who's developing a programme around... Um, uh, black identity uh, in schools. So all these different projects, all um, although they had uh, um, different uh, focuses, uh, were all part of the same ethos. Um, so my cycle project um, kind of germinated from there. And, uh, you know, we looked at kind of what the barriers were and to find solutions for these barriers. Um, so that's enabled um, the cycle of life to kind of, um, um, uh, you know, to start up. But unfortunately, just as we got started going with all these fabulous ideas, uh, the lockdown happened, uh, which was kind of uh, uh, a bit of a, um, a new 
you know, challenge. Uh, but fortunately, uh, you know, Cycle Life was up for that challenge. And we decided at that time that um, providing uh, bikes to uh, key workers and uh, NHS staff, uh, that was the priority at that moment. Uh, you, know, um, you know, people were really down. You know, there's a lot less traffic on the roads. People were struggling to get to work, less public transport. People were really worried about getting sick. So cycling just seemed like a really viable solution for a lot of, a lot of people. And um, we actually provided about, um, um, through our kind of um, networking and fundraising and um, um, uh, donations, uh, we, we got about uh, 50 bikes, um, you know, refurbished and, uh, and ready and handed them out to key workers and NHS staff. And um, the feedback was um, at the time, you know, this was fabulous. You know, people were saving loads of money. Uh, not getting taxis to work, you know, uh, cycling, the roads really clear. Uh, but as the uh, the lockdown eased, um, people started to lose their confidence and they came back to me and said, look, I, I, I don't feel confident cycling anymore. So what we decided to do at that time was to create a cycle club. And this cycle club was, um, um, you know, um, groups and uh, with ride leaders um, who'd cycle different routes um, to get more confident and familiar with the city roads. You know, dealing with roundabouts and um, 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 kind of traffic lights and things like that. Was that um, more people on the road then after lockdown? Well, um, as the lockdown eased, more cars started to come back on the road, and that kind of coincided with people kind of losing the confidence a bit. Um, and this is why having the cycle club, so people could get together. You know, people and these aren't cyclists; they're not the kind of like like a clad kind of enthusiasts. These are people who haven't cycle for 10 or 15 years we had one lady her name was shazia and uh, she received a bike um and she basically um um, um started cycling and um because of her appearance uh, you know a muslim woman of a headscarf um this actually encouraged a lot of a lot of other women who uh, look similar to shazia started approaching and saying look we'd like to cycle as well and uh, what actually happened was um the, uh, shazia started uh, basically almost as her cycle club started off, um, I mean, she was also an active citizen on the course and she'd always had this idea of a cycle club, uh, but gaining that confidence. And we actually um, worked with her to uh, start a ride leader course to give her that confidence to lead a group. And so uh, from basically um, just getting into cycling herself, Shazia has actually got about 40 uh, women, um, uh, you know, cycling now, uh, many of whom, uh, you know, for cultural reasons, didn't cycle before uh, or have never cycled. We actually taught quite a lot of people to cycle from scratch. Um, so it's really kind of um, snowballed uh, unexpectedly. What's that like, teaching an adult to cycle? Yeah, well, I mean, it's quite interesting because um, I think a lot of it's down to confidence and uh, just really uh, people um, overcoming their inner doubts and the kind of negative chatter that goes on in our minds. Uh, and actually just um, that, that, that breakthrough moment when we realise, wow, I'm actually doing this. It's such a, um, a feeling of independence and um, empowerment that uh, it really kind of I, mean, I definitely have taken for granted, actually, learning to ride as a youngster. And as the saying goes, you know, you never forget how to ride your bike. So it is well, just... It's a bit like swimming, isn't it? You, you know, it's something once you've, you've, you've learned, it's kind of inbuilt in your um, uh, muscle memory or whatever. And it, you, you, as soon as you get back on it, you might be a bit wobbly at first, but you just get, get uh, pick it straight back up and um, for a lot of these ladies uh, you know who may you know for, for cultural reasons uh, for you know wh whatever reason um, have never had the 
opportunity or even the um, encouragement um, to actually be able to ride independently uh, and enabling them to kind of discover uh, and explore uh, places where um, you know they might not have been before which sounds a bit of a cliche but literally a lot of people don't go out to their areas in Liverpool and you know even going to other areas is a big thing and they, they might have driven past those areas in their cars but to actually go and actually, even in the car, there's always one-way systems, isn't there? So you get taken a certain route and then there's so much that you don't see unless you're on foot or on a bike. Yeah, and this is the thing, uh, you know, this is the feedback we've had where people have said to us, uh, you know, I've actually um, uh, rediscovered, um, uh, you know, the city in a different, uh, through a different prism by being on a bike and actually going to similar places, but on a bike, I've, it's like I've got a totally new experience. Um, of places that you have a lot slower because you're moving slower than a car you can actually take in your environment and enjoy it yeah bang on i mean it, it's it's quite interesting because it when you're walking there's only so much you can do when you're walking and obviously when you're in a car you just kind of places are passing your bike so being on a bike is kind of a happy medium uh where you're going fast enough where you can kind of traverse you know five or six miles quite easily um but not in such a way that uh, you're kind of um, separating this kind of cube, this metal cube, just flying past uh, the scenery. Um, so, in terms of um, the uh, the cycle project, uh, not only we we do the lead rides, um, we've also started um, cycle maintenance programs. So, um, a lot of people have bikes, but because of having punctures or um, problems with their gears or um, other issues, uh, they've just kind of left the bike in the in the garage, you know, one year, two years, and literally just forgot about it. And then suddenly in lockdown, people have thought, yeah, let me get that bike out. But again, because of those issues and because um, cycling has increased 200, over 200% in the Liverpool city region, uh, the biggest increase in the country, people are finding it difficult to uh, uh, get the bikes repaired because there's not enough bike shops uh, with enough bike mechanics. So there's massive waiting lists and people just how haven't much? got to... Have you done the stats on how much of an impact you've had on that percentage? Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of the overall percentage for the Liverpool city region, um, I wouldn't like to kind of um, uh, quantify uh, our uh, impact as a percentage. Uh, but what I can say is we've we've repaired over 200 bikes. Uh, we've, we've provided people with 50, uh, over 50 bikes. Uh, we've also uh, delivered over um, 200 lead rides, uh, which have uh, you know been always approximately between um, six and 15 people each ride. Um, so yes, we have had a significant you personally impact. haven't done it, you've probably had an impact, just people seeing more people cycling is gonna inspire them and motivate them to get back on their own bikes. Yes, and we've actually been, uh, you know, some of the people who started off with us have actually uh, developed their own cycle clubs. And um, uh, now they, they're actually up and running themselves. So we've also become, uh, you know, a means of kind of spreading um, uh, you know cycling further afield than just our own area of Liverpool 8 and uh, you know we're trying to link up with um, cycle groups um, across the uh, the city and the county um, to kind of share resources um, share good practice and get you know get our people out of our bubbles as well in terms of you know who we cycle with and um, meeting new groups and, and different kinds of people so there's a group in New Brighton uh, which is uh, you know about um, about 10 miles away from us um, um, and um, basically um, uh, you know they're kind of like close to the seaside and you know it's, it's a, a very different atmosphere um, so we sometimes uh, go up there and, and do um, kind of events with them 
they come down to our area and do events with us. Um, so it's been really positive like that, yeah. So what about the, the people fixing the bikes? What is it that you teach well, do? Okay, so in terms of um, um, the whole lockdown situation, kind of adapting our services. So initially we had um, a, a workshop uh, where people would come and have their bikes repaired. Uh, but, but due to the lockdown situation, uh, that, that was no longer feasible. Um, um, there, are, there is actually no bike shops in the whole of uh, Liverpool 8, which is quite surprising. There isn't even one. Um, so um, because there's um, some new cycle lanes which have been set up, um, the, um, the Liverpool 8 area is, is very close to the town, very strategically um, you know, important for um, um, cycle routes um, to go through because there's a lot of students here a lot of um, com commuting um, to the city um, through this area. Um, so by setting up the um, pop-up uh, cycle repair shop um, on the cycle lanes, uh, we reached a whole new audience. And obviously these are people who are uh, cycling regularly, who have issues with their bikes. Um, and you know they really appreciated the opportunity to have a quick service, quick checkup, uh, feedback, you know, uh, new brake pads, new kind of gear cables, things like that. Uh, literally kind of as they stood and watched. Um, and, uh, you know, we're not there to try and compete with Halfords or, um, you know, the other kind of uh, big bike shops, uh, but really just to make sure people are cycling safely. And if there are, uh, you know, further issues, at least they're aware of them so they can get them sorted out at the bike shop so the bikes are kept safe and they're kept safe. But I guess you're teaching them a skill anyway that they can then go home and repair their own bike, whereas other places yeah. are just doing it for you. Yeah, well, thanks, Nicola. And, and this was actually what, what, what our next project was, was uh, what we realised was, is apart from repairing the bikes, what we really need to do is to empower people to feel confident to maintain their own bikes. Um, so what we started was um, uh, maintenance classes. So these maintenance classes, uh, initially, again, we wanted to deliver from, um, you know, our centres. But because of the, the situation, um, we weren't allowed to. So what, what, what we had the initiative that we developed was uh, delivering them on a street basis. So uh, we'd organise a street programme uh, on a particular street. Um, so all the neighbours would come up with their bikes, um, socially distanced. They wouldn't touch any of the other neighbours' bikes. It would be their own bikes. And we'd stand, um, you know, um, uh, we'd provide them with the, the, the tools and the uh, PPE equipment to make sure, you know, everything was sanitised. And then we'd actually... Um, Asked them what, what are the issues of your bikes because usually it's common issues it could be about punctures, gears, uh, brakes. So we'd actually go through and demonstrate how to uh, you know repair the brakes and everyone would watch. And then some of our kind of um, we've got a few apprentices and people who who are with us. They'd actually go around and, and and you know kind of guide people to make sure they were doing it properly. So by the end of the session, uh, people would actually repair their own bikes. Uh, and they'd done it themselves just with our advice and support. And we actually had a few kind of other little games and stuff, uh, you know, for the kids, better, you know, like tennis or archery, or, you know, like a, a slalom, mini slalom to keep the children engaged. So there's a few adult volunteers supporting them. So it's a real kind of uh, atmosphere created on the streets, uh, which, uh, you know, um, didn't contravene uh, the rules. And uh, uh, these are really successful. So now we're planning to do more cycle maintenance programs in-house in our center and uh, what actually happened from that uh nicola just one one last thing which i think is uh, really exciting is kind of hot off the press uh, we've been speaking with the uh, liverpool city region because uh 
we wanted some people who had done our maintenance classes now wanted to become cycle mechanics. We're really keen to get cycle mechanics who reflect the community. So it's not just kind of, you know, your typical cycle mechanic, but cycle mechanics who, uh, you know, uh, from different ethnic backgrounds, uh, you know, male and female, just just people you wouldn't expect to be your typical bike mechanic. So uh, we've been uh, now um, given some encouragement by the city region uh, to put on these apprenticeships uh, to enable people to train up, uh, so to be fully qualified uh, mechanics. Uh, and this is not a project which has happened in the city for many years. Um, and so we're really excited about this because uh, this is really going to have an impact uh, on, on the cycling community, hopefully. Well, that's amazing. I guess there's so many different branches that can come off of just this initial idea that you had to get people cycling. And one of the questions that I had just a minute ago was about people actually being safe on the road. Do you do anything to teach them how to be safe? Yeah, as I said, um, I'm a qualified uh, cycling instructor. And um, uh, what's happened is uh, we've been uh, inundated, you could say, from uh, different agencies and different organisations um, who want us to deliver um, our cycling programmes. Um, so we, um, we're currently working with uh, Liverpool City Council with uh, young people who are unaccompanied minors uh, who are new to the city. Um, so they've arrived in the city and in the time of um, lockdown, uh, they've got no family in this country, don't really speak the language, totally isolated because obviously it's lockdown and, um, you know, they don't speak the language. So nobody's out, don't know where to go. They don't know any of the landmarks in the city. They don't even know how to get to college. So um, having a bike for them um, is really a, 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 a means of actually kind of integrating and kind of being able to reach services and amenities within the city um, and actually to kind of engage uh, and become more part of the community. Um, so we've been delivering these programs where we teach them how to uh, cycle safely. A lot of them haven't got cycles. Uh, they might have cycled in their lives, but, uh, you know, not on roads like these and definitely not uh, cycling on one side of the road. So we've had to teach them from scratch, you know, how to approach junctions, how to uh, signal right and left, um, how to, uh, you know, um, uh, make turns safely. Uh, we've also taught them how to maintain the bikes uh, as well. Um, and also um, how to plan their route. So a lot of these young people uh, have been given um, smartphones. So we've downloaded apps with like, like Kamut where they can plan their routes. And then we've actually taught them um, how to um, plan a route to some of the landmarks in the city. We, we've shown pictures so they have to recognize what the landmark is and then how far to reach there and actually cycle to those. And uh, the culmination of all this is actually we've um, uh, arranged with the city council to actually give them bikes at the end of the course um, so it's almost like a kind of, um, uh, you know, a prize for their achievements. Um, so now they've, they, we feel that they're safe and confident on those bikes. Um, and we've well, recreated... Why, why to get around and learn all the environment and all the, the landscapes and everything? I should do something. Yeah, and, and, and again, <laughs> it's safe. It's, uh, you know, they don't have to get on public transport. You know, they're totally independent. It's really empowering for them, yeah. Mm. That's awesome. So do you have any tips for us or anyone that's listening? Like, for example, today is such a rainy day and it looks like it's going to be all week. What tips would you give for people getting out on the road just to be safe in all kinds of weathers and to stay motivated when it's looking a bit grey outside? All right. Well, the first tip I'd say is join our cycling club and you'll love it. Um, and, you uh, you know, weathers, then? Say that again. You go out in all weathers. 
Yeah, we're going we're going out tomorrow morning actually, uh, uh, half eight. So um, uh, we'll be going from the our, from the Cumberamani Centre, and we'll be doing. Uh, we do different routes, so sometimes there's more challenging routes for you know more experienced riders. Uh, on our Wednesday rides um, between six and eight at Pinter's Park Gates in Liverpool, eight, um, uh, they're kind of shorter rides, um, uh, which you know kind of enable uh, less um, uh, you know. Um, experienced riders to get involved um so uh yeah in terms of the weather um you know obviously um if we can try to wear waterproofs uh if, if possible um uh, it's always good to have a um a, a kind of multi-tool kit if if you can uh um if you can take that with you uh make sure you you have your um uh you know mobile device if you um you know encounter any issues you can get in touch with someone uh, we do try to encourage, you know, if you are cycling and it's, and it's wet, you know, make sure you leave a lot more space for braking. Um, so, you you know, you don't want to run the risk of uh, uh, not being able to stop in time. Um, and just, just to ensure that, uh, you know, the roads, you know, are, are uh, you do feel confident, you know, that if, 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 you, if you don't feel confident to ride when it's wet, uh, you know, try to build up your confidence on dry roads, you know, because it is more challenging in wet weather, uh, definitely. But, you know, but for those who are used to cycling, you know, um, this won't um, uh, be a reason to to stop cycling. Uh, you know, there, there are some people called fair weather cyclists, but you know, uh, we've got to bear in mind in the UK, you know, even in the summer you're going to get rainy days. So, um, you know, we, we should still try and persevere. It, it's well worth it. Do you need to have a certain kind of tyre or anything to be biking safely in the rain? So like a, a kind of tire, a certain type of tire on your bike. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I mean, you know, like um, there are um, um, uh, tires which are more appropriate for uh, you know wet surfaces, uh, and again, like you know, for, for the winter, uh, you know, we we would recommend um, changing tires which are more uh, durable and um, you, you know for for that period of year. But again, like you know, when it's summer. Uh, most people aren't really willing to kind of keep changing their tires, you know, because, you know, sometimes it can rain in the morning and by the afternoon it's sunny. So it's, it, it's, it's a real strange one. Um, some, sometimes, um, it, you know, for us, but, um, uh, yes, definitely. What kind uh, of bike would you recommend people use to come to your cycle classes? Okay. Uh, you know, for us, uh, we do, um, uh, try to make it accessible as possible. And, uh, you know, we don't want people to feel they have to have a certain kind of bike or, you know, they have to have a certain kind of brand or anything like that. Um, um, you know, obviously, as the, the cycling gets more challenging, uh, you know, people will realise themselves that uh, maybe their bike needs to be um, slightly more uh, robust or, or, you know, or suited. So if it's kind of on the road, there's kind of more road bikes or hybrids. Uh, if it's off road, maybe kind of bikes with uh, um, uh, which are more suitable, like mountain bikes uh, with suspension. Um, but again, you know, we, we, we don't want to make um, the uh, our rides very kind of cliquey and, uh, um, you know, only suited to people who have, uh, you know, uh, the latest equipment or anything like that. Um, do you and, pair everybody up just in case anyone gets left behind or do you all stay together? Yeah, I mean, I, I, th thanks for uh, mentioning that. But again, that's part of our ethos. You know, there's, there's never a ride where we leave people behind and, uh, you know, we... Uh, we go out as a team, we come back as a team and, uh, you know, we want to make sure that everyone feels, you know, uh, part of the group and, uh, you know, we have experienced ride leaders um, who are capable of, 
uh, you know, ensuring that the group stays together. And there's various strategies you can use. Sometimes put the, the people who are slightly slower at the front rather at the back, um, because sometimes what happens is the people at the front um, stop further down. When the people at the back reach, uh, the people at the front have had a breather. Then as soon as they reach the people at the back, they're knackered, but they have to go up again. Uh, so that doesn't always work. So, you know, we, we do, uh, we are aware of um, uh, how to ensure that, you know, everybody in, in the group feels um, that they're, um, you know, on equal footing and, you know, we, we look after everyone on our rides, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you ever do any night rides? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, um, in, in the winter months, uh, when it gets darker earlier, um, uh, you know, we have to ensure we've got nights and, uh, um, you know, we try to encourage people to wear kind of reflective clothes if we can. Um, so, yeah, we do uh, enjoy our uh, rides at night as well as in the daytime, definitely. So if anyone has any questions or if they'd like to contact you and get involved, how can they do that? Yes, yeah, so in terms of um, uh, our website, uh, it's uh, www.col8.org, and that's the number eight. So that's col8.org. Uh, my email address is ibe at col8.org. And uh, my phone number or the office uh, uh, um, uh, mobile 07305783899. And uh, just one thing I'd like to mention as well, we do do a lot of work with young people as well. We actually have a um, cycling um, club um, for young people. Uh, and we try to get young people uh, to encourage them to the sport of cycling. So there's lots of different disciplines in cycling, uh, whether you've got the kind of BMXing, uh, cyclocross, uh, the, the road uh, cycling. Um, uh, uh, road yeah, I mean, we, we literally will start them off from five years old, just like uh, football clubs and basketball clubs. Uh, it's a very similar system. Um, so, and we can feed young people through into uh, kind of the, the more uh, advanced and competitive clubs. Uh, but for a lot of young people, uh, they never consider cycling. You know, they might consider being a footballer or a basketball player, uh, but cycling is now on the agenda, uh, you know, for kind of inner city kids. Um, so, uh, you know, we'd like to break those barriers as well. So we've got uh, qualified coaches and uh, we try to um, uh, encourage uh, youngsters with, with uh, you know, got an interest in cycling. You know, you see a lot of kids showing fantastic techniques uh, on the roads, kind of doing their wheelies and donuts and all these kind of things. But uh, it's never crossed their minds to, um, you know, participate in a discipline or in a competitive um, uh, setting. Um, so, yeah, we, we uh, work with schools, we have feeder systems, and we try to kind of uh, enable young people to uh, participate. And again, equipment sometimes is an issue, but we try to compensate for that and make sure that they have the appropriate equipment um, so that they're not, um, um, you know, um, um, marginalised, uh, you know, from, from cycling competitions by you know, again, not being uh, uh, fully equipped for them. So, you know, we do try to make sure that everyone goes on an equal footing. So is this available to people all over Liverpool? Is it just um, L8? Yeah, I mean, we, we're very keen on um, uh, being seen as a, um, you know, example of, um, you know, excellence. And uh, uh, we want uh, to uh, deliver work, which, you know, people from all over the city, all over the region uh, can benefit from. Um, and uh, yes, we might be based there late, but our vision uh, is much wider. 
and uh, our services are available um, and we work in schools even as far as St. Helens and Wellington so yeah we, 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 um, uh, we are based here. Well, I shall you know, be sharing this interview around. So if anyone wants to get involved and they want to get their children into cycling, um, then I will leave all those details in the comments below. And if anyone has any questions, myself or eBay can get back to you. So is there any last thoughts before we go? Yeah, for, for, for me personally, um, uh, we've seen a lot more cars on the road. You know, people are kind of just kind of going back to their kind of uh, um, the stuff they were doing before lockdown. And I think, you know, let's just think, what can, can we change things in our own lives? What can we do where we kind of use our cars less or uh, uh, taxis less? Um, what journeys can we make? You know, short journeys, the one or two mile journey to the shops or um, the school run, or, you know, or even just going for leisure activity the weekend. Uh, how can we use our feet or getting on the bike uh, as opposed to using, um, you know, um, cars and uh, public transport? Uh, you know, so let's lessen the burden on the public transport. Let's lessen the burden on our wallets, and uh, let's you know yeah, utilize this to get fitted as well. Yeah, well, that you've definitely inspired me because I've been to the gym today twice and I drove there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to get a bike though, and possibly a rucksack, so I haven't got a big gym bag on one side. But yeah, I used to cycle a lot, and it's something that I really enjoy. So, like you, when you you leave it, you kind of forget about it. So it's been really nice to hear from you and just remind myself as well and i'm sure some people listening will feel the same that uh, how amazing cycling is and we all have well most of us if we're privileged to have that childhood where we learned to cycle or had that experience with our parents or friends so everybody get involved um use the comments below to check out all the links and ask any questions all right thank you so much for your time ebay and i look forward to catching up with you soon okay well thanks a lot thanks for having me on take thank care you. We'll just see you soon bye now yeah, bye.